What's up, everybody, and welcome into the very first ever episode of the Peculiar People Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Jones. Today on the show, my co-host Gavin Johnson and I are interviewing a very special guest, Chelsea Hightower. We started this podcast in part so that we could tell the stories of those fascinating and highly influential individuals who are leading amazing lives, the peculiar people. So, are you a peculiar person? Is there somebody in your life whose story we should share? Reach out to us. Send us an email to editors at thepeculiarppl.com. Reach out to us via Instagram at thepeculiarppl, Twitter at thepeculiarppl, or through our Facebook page, Peculiar People, or YouTube, Peculiar People. Now for a word from our sponsor. Um, so, Gav, you yep. know, I saw you at church last week, right? I uh, Yep. I like that suit, but you know that, that shirt you were wearing, it's time to retire it, bro. Really? Why? Well, it's a little, you know, it's dingy, man. But it's all yeah, good. That's so? why I'm happy that we're working with Woody's Clothing. You know, the button-down shirt and chino company that offers the perfect fit guarantee. And guess what else? Oh. Using their advanced sizing algorithms, Woody's can accurately predict your measurements in seconds with as little as your height, weight, and average shirt size. No tape Get measure out. required. I know. And what, you want to know what the best part is? I don't think it could get better, but let's hear it. Well, it's about to. Shirts start selling at only 85 bucks and include free shipping and what? Free returns. So stop Whoa. settling for small, medium, and large and get the perfect fitting clothing with Woody's. Go to woodiesclothing.com. That's Woody's freaking clothing. Well, not freaking, but woodiesclothing.com. Chelsea's coming to New York next weekend. She's going to stay with me a couple nights. Oh, so we're yeah. going to podcast while she's here. Oh, okay. So um, let me actually pull up a, a, a Googler of her, and let's see. So we're not going in blind besides the fact that she's got a um, dancing bod. She made her TV debut on season four of So You Think You Can Dance. After season four, Chelsea has since returned in season eight as an all-star, and in season 10 as a choreographer and all-star. Okay, so then she joined uh, Dancing with the Stars as a pro um, and was partnered with Ty Murray, a nine-time world champion rodeo cowboy. Oh, fun. Oh, boy. On May, uh, May 12, 2009, she and Murray were eliminated from the competition with a fourth-place finish. Okay, so she's not a winner. <laughs> oh, gosh. All done. Dude, no I joke. That's a joke. I've out with Chelsea quite a bit since, obviously, they're Aubrey's roommates with them. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, cool. she's so cool. She is like, cool. I'm actually she's super, super stoked to have her on because she's uh, like her. She's really funny, too, and fun. Yeah. yeah I hope she cool. has a voice, though. Last time we saw her, she did not. Yeah, she was raspy. Gaben. I think it's from yelling at kids in her dance camp. Yeah, uh, no, that was actually later because Aubrey helped at that dance camp. And I went and visited her at that dance camp. And I felt weird because I wasn't. First of all, I wasn't supposed to be around little kids. <laughs> 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 How many feet away do you have to be? I forget. Uh, um, it's moved to 300 yards. It's, and uh, is that something? Do you still wear the monitor or no? Uh, yeah. Well, when I go outside, I have to. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. Hey, man. You know what? It's just hey, one of those things. Learn. You live and you learn. And then you knock on doors and tell people that you're a registered sex offender. Peculiar people is a compliment of the highest order. I don't know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's nice. It gets the people going. Again, you know, you're doing great, man. This is the Kelly Malone. Yeah. We're all having a great time. Everybody's having fun. You pulled it off. All right. But if you don't change your face, I'm going to change your face. I'm not even mad. It's amazing. <laughs> Actually, we've been talking about relationships quite a bit today. Yeah, we have all the, have all the good thoughts on relationships. Yep. What are some of the thoughts that have been extended? Well, just to try and avoid them where you can. <laughs> just don't get into them. I think life's all about avoiding relationships. Mm -hmm. Relationships with a big guy, relationships with your family, just... 
Yeah, in general. Moral. Um, all right, well, we're good to go. We're just kind of um, waiting for Chelsea Hightower to get off her phone. I'm I know she's a celebrity. Oh. Yeah, she's trying I to plan our evening. We had, boy, boy, oh boy, have we had a day here in New what York City. A day. I wish I didn't sleep till 2 p.m., but that's neither here nor there. Did you learn from it? No, it was oh. great. It was actually, well, then that's cool. It was necessary, to be honest. I was up to 3... What did you guys do today? 3.30 a.m. last night. Why were you up so late? Talking to one of my flings on the phone, you know? For real? And then I, like, couldn't sleep after that. Oh. You know we're, we're broadcasting live just to him right now. <laughs> so up? if there's anything you want to say, we'll keep his identity secret. There's two, uh, there's two others. No, we're, we're, already, we're already going. We've been going for, like, 10 minutes. You're lying. I'm serious. He does this to me all the time. Gavin, don't breathe in, into the <laughs> microphone. You're such a strong breather, such a loud breather, Gav. I had a hard day. Gav, um, you can laugh don't... into it, just try not to breathe into it. Don't be so loud with your breathing, okay? They're <laughs> happy Gilmore or anything. Okay. Um, nice try on that one, Gav. Thanks, I try. That's <laughs> what's important. <laughs> give my all. It's good. You give your all. Are you... um? What what are you wearing right now, Gavin? We can't see you. I can see Chelsea, but I can't see you. I'm wearing a cutoff. No, I'm we're just wearing shorts and a t-shirt. What just kind something. Of, what cash. color t-shirt? Uh, it's a mm, it's a two tone. It, that tells us a lot. <laughs> what a basic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Honestly, but what uh, color? It's a uh, it's like blue and then gray. And, and then I'm just wow. wearing some basketball shorts. I was oh like maybe gosh. I should dress up for this occasion, but I'm like nah, I'm gonna go comfortable. We're not, no we're not at the point. You, so. Yeah, we're not at the point yet where people can yet. see you. We haven't determined whether or not our, we have faces for television yet. We're not sure. I don't think we I mean, do, but that's just do, me. But... <laughs> we've, we've, we've talked a lot today about how humble Chelsea is. Humility. <laughs> we were walking down the street earlier, like um, Central Park, and she's like, you know, because I've tasted fame and I kind of know what that's like. And I just don't oh, know yeah. if I like it. I, and I was like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll edit that out, too. Literally, we haven't said anything that won't get edited out. So if you have anything like that you um, want to say and get it out of the way that you know can't make the podcast, say it now. Here's the thing. So I said it all the time. And Nate told me today, he's like, you got to tone that down. Yeah. We should say, we should call. tell me you had the same hat. We could have been matching the whole freaking day. Oh, man. Well, I don't want to try and compete with you. I know, yeah. that's true. She wore her hat like below her eyes like a celebrity. <laughs> baller. Like a straight baller. <laughs> Sorry, that's not going to... I gonna... did say that one. I'm going to beep out. This, Honestly, this segment of the podcast okay. is called Nate Beeps Out Everything That Is Get Said. Get out all of the words right now. We okay. are going to have well, a little... my butts. We are going to have a little oh, bit of a structure to what we talk about. Just right, a little let's, bit. Let's do it, though. Let's start. Because Chelsea was in New York. She came what? for work. She doesn't want to get into too much detail, but some sort of charity dance event, right? Yeah. Yep. In Connecticut. But why don't you tell us a little bit about, you were going over survey results over your dance camp. Yeah. So you just had your own dance camp. Just started dance camps um, designed for the youth, 10 to 18 years old. Um, that's basically designed to not only help the girls improve in dance, but improve the girls in their regular life. I'm sorry, girls? And boys. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't be boys. sexist. We are we are not a racist or sexist show. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, speak for yourself, but yeah. Honestly, I'm not partial to anyone. Um, Did you have any just, boys in your dance camp? We had four boys. Hey. Yeah. So we had, we had about 84 girls, 83 girls, and four boys. See, good odds. Great odds for those boys. That's why boys should dance. That's exactly why boys should dance. Because. Girl dancers are looking for that hot boy dancer well, action. They just get very comfortable with girls. It's easy for them. You know, they interact with them well. Anyways. Well, no, hold I on. I don't move past That's this. one thing. I've never been a good dancer, and I wish I could dance. That's good. I know you can, like, practice, so but I just, I just don't have it. But I actually want to know um, yeah. if you've ever been, like, attracted to the one of the male dancers that you've danced with um it's rare you said you got you get it's real rare. comfortable you do get very close and you do and it's but yeah i don't think there's like at times there's like attraction because you're dancing so close to them um but it never it never really flourishes into anything more than just that because you have to work together at the end of the day and it just gets messy and sticky and personally i'm yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes, more interested did. in people who do, don't know anything about my world, so. I know that there's a dancer that I am attracted to that you dance with. 
That's for sure. Who is this? Should I say? I don't know. I'm nervous. Say it. I'm so nervous. Okay. Michael Bolton. Really? <laughs> but mainly I'm emotionally attracted to him. Right? I, I did know, not think that's what you were going to say. I didn't either. <laughs> but I love it. He's we, a great guy. I love Michael. We actually read your, we, we did a little pre-work. And we, we're going through your Wikipedia page. Guys, I'm proud of you. That's called... Have you journalism. ever looked at your Wikipedia page? I have one. Have you? Uh-huh. Um, is, any, a, is it all true? There's a few faux pas from what I remember, but I don't remember what those were. Oh. Well, okay, because we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but I okay. want to stay on the Michael Bolton I feel like I had right more now. on my Wikipedia, personally, but yours was pretty good, I think. Oh, thanks. Looking at it. Thanks, Gav. Gav, did no. you just now create yourself a Wikipedia page? Yeah, I put like 10 pages in there of all false things. Just pictures you drew in high school? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, those wouldn't be appropriate, but yeah. Uh, That's cool. All right, what was more fun? So you think you can dance or Dancing with the Stars? I'm two completely different experiences. Oh, I was asking Gavin. Oh, Gav, yeah, what um, do you think? I like, but I, I, to be honest, I don't really watch it too much. It's okay. No, I, no, was, no. I was asking Chelsea. Let's let her so answer. I loved Say Think because it was my dream ever since the first episode I watched. I was trained in, I was, you know, kind of trained in hip hop and ballet and jazz for like a few short years. Mostly ballroom dancer, obviously. But the minute I saw that show on air, I was, it was everything to me. So that was, from the moment I saw it, it was my dream. Um, and being on it, and I remember the first episode just felt like it felt so magical. And that whole summer was just completely just it was magic to me. Um, and then going from there to the tour where we were performing in arenas every night, and the, the fans are such diehards of that show because it's such a niche audience that you literally feel like a rock star every night. I remember the first night we walked on the stage and we couldn't hear ourselves speak, and our ears were ringing because the fans were so loud. And it's just this incredible experience that as a dancer you never dreamed that you could even have that type of experience. Um, so for when, when they're you actually go, screaming for you and not for, you know, a singer or something. So when you go on tour with a show like that, mm-hmm. um, who does the, like, do they, they bring on a choreographer to do a whole bunch of new stuff? You just or do you're doing dances that you did the for the show? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you do the stuff from the show. So it's recognizable to the, to the people that are watching. You know, they've seen these dances on TV, which they become very iconic and memorable. And then you get to do them live. And I remember every night we did Bleeding Love. And the minute they'd see us walk onto stage with the briefcase, you guys may not know what that is. But it was a dance that we got the opportunity to perform, uh, choreographed by Napoleon and Tabitha. Um, that was a fan favorite and it's just amazing. It was amazing to be able to perform that every night and just get that reaction from the crowd. I so, actually, I actually do remember that. I remember seeing it the first time. Really? Mm-hmm. It was, I was living in California that summer Bust. and everybody, I mean, So You Think You Can Dance was like really a big time show at that point. Yeah. Like, cause what season were you on? Like four? four. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, cause wasn't there another, um, like Mormon guy on the show seasons before you? Um, Thane was on, Thane Jasperson was on my season. Um, Anyways, I don't remember, but for some reason, Benji, that guy, for some reason, like all the Mormon community, like the, the YSA out there was obsessed with that show. So it was, I was like sitting in somebody's house, like we were all watching it. And then I didn't, I didn't make the connection until like a week ago when we were reading your Wikipedia page. I'm like, Hey, I remember that. (laughs) That was good. That made me feel feelings for the first time in my life. Wow. Yeah. How old were you? What type know, of feeling? 20, if you could expand 20. on that, Nate. Um, it was ones. just a, it was I don't a, I don't want to say with Chelsea sitting in front of me, but okay. It was an emotional hip hop dance. Yeah. That that show I was really lucky to be on that show at a time when that show was really popular. What was the first like step to getting on it? What did you have to do? An just open audition? Where? In Salt Lake City. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like for to be in front of the live judges, or was there like a pre round? There was a pre screening round, um, and there was probably two thousand dancers there that day. And I remember the casting, one of the casting directors. Well, he's the executive now, um, but he gets up on stage and he's this really brutal English guy, and he's like Nigel. No, this other guy named Jeff. I remember that guy. He cut. He had just cut ten dancers. Simon Cowell. Just <laughs> he just cut ten dancers, and he gets up in front of the audience, and he's like. He, he goes, now raise your hand here if you are a contemporary dancer. And everyone raises their hand, right? And he goes, all right, now, if you are not as good as these 10 dancers that I just cut, leave this, leave the auditorium right now. And everyone just sheepishly puts down their arms. I mean, it's a very intense process. And they do, they try to make it intense because they want to see who can handle the pressure. Like, what goes through your head when you hear that? Are you just like, oh, fetch? Or are you like, oh, I got this? 
Um, well, I was a ballroom dancer, so I was in that moment incredibly grateful that I wasn't a contemporary dancer. <laughs> um, okay, so for us people that don't understand necessarily, I, I get that contemporary, contemporary is like but, the freestyle movement, yeah. the Mia Michaels, the um, Isn't Sonia ballroom Tyler. more with a partner, ballroom typically? Ballroom is all partnering. All yeah. partner. Mm-hmm. So did um, you have a partner that you like brought with you? I had a partner that I auditioned with, and then it was just me that made it on the show. Oh. So I didn't really get to show what I do in actual ballroom, but I showed other stuff, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's a de- it's definitely a, like a nerve-wracking thought. I'm sure there was a lot of dancers that were like overconfidently thinking, oh yeah, I got this, and then I'm sure there were a lot of dancers that were freaked out. Um, I was just grateful that I wasn't a contemporary dancer in that moment. I was actually the, the second to last audition that day. Um, and Allison Holker was there at the audition, who I've known and danced with since I was in high school, um, who was another contestant on the show. Um, anyways, she like gave a heads up to the executive producer that was like, oh, I know this girl, she's a good dancer. So I was really grateful she oh, was so there Oh, so you sort of day. got a little bit of a... A heads up, yeah. A nice little, hey. Yeah. That's really good. It was good. Um, so yeah, the show was great. I loved So You Think You Dance. And then moving on to Dancing with the Stars was something that I wasn't necessarily expecting or foresaw. Um, to come to you with that? Like your, did you get like so? So you think you can dance happens? Then what? You go right on tour with it. So we go. So say you think happened that summer. Then we went on tour until November. I came home for a month. I got a call on the day on the on the ride on the airplane ride home from tour from Dancing with the Stars. Who, uh, yeah, like the day the day tour ended. Um, who they said you know we want to interview you for our show blah 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 and I had already heard caught wind of Dancing with the Stars talking to So You Think You Can Dance while I was still competing about wanting me on the show Was Dancing with the so Stars already exist? Like So You Think You Can yeah. Dance existed before Dancing with no, the Stars Dancing right? Dancing with the Stars was first Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay So Different anyways, networks Yeah Okay ABC so that, Fox. that's interesting they like popped yeah. to poaching some of their dancers for that yeah, so the was executives, a... like, they all go back. They all know Got each it. other. So there was two English executives. Our executive was English. Um, James Breen at the time, and then Nigel. Uh, or, sorry, um, Conrad Green on Dancing with the Stars. Um, anyways, they'd all work together over in England. Interesting. So at the time, I was under contract with Say Thinking Dance, which they were not letting people out of their contracts. So it's a year contract after the show which they typically do not allow you to get out of that contract. Anyways, ABC and Fox went into negotiation, negotiated me out of the contract. So I was able to go, I was the first one that was able to go straight from So You Think You Dance to Dancing with the Stars. So I went straight from So You Think to the tour to straight on to Dancing with the Stars. Were there other dancers that did that? That made that move? I feel like that was a unique thing. There was others that crossed over, but nobody that at before me that had worked their way out of the contract, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Lacey Schwimmer was on Dancing with the Stars, but I believe she had to wait a little bit of time. Anyways, so just a little interesting tidbit there. Interesting tidbit, like the, it's, it's interesting to me, like, obviously it was probably a huge deal just to make the show, Mm -hmm. right? And then at what point are you like, there's 10, there's 10 people left or whatever, and you're like, could I win this? Like, did yeah. you think that? Like, what? Yeah. what and I like went into it, and I was like, I I went into it completely for the experience, mm. and I just wanted to be able to progress and do my absolute best. And I didn't think about winning until it was top six. When I got a call from an old coach of mine that was like, you could you could seriously win this thing. And so it wasn't until that week that I like was like started thinking in that mindset which is kind of funny but um up until that point i was just like soaking it all in just living like just loving and living like this dream that i had so Um, do you feel like you performed better when you were like "Ah, i'm just gonna go in there do my best or do you feel like when someone was like hey you could actually win that i feel like i would be like nervous like yeah yeah they're definitely like is this added pressure when you're like oh crap yeah i could really win this thing um and i like grew up competitive but not competitive to like i'm gonna like you know cut other people's heads off yeah <laughs> well, when you get when you were a kid hard competitors and i yeah. don't think i was like that competitive so for me the mindset of just growing and doing my best and learning and trying to grow as a person was a better mindset for me yeah when you were a kid though you had, according to your Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. it says, and I quote, mm-hmm. Hightower has mm-hmm. performed in musical theaters across the United States and won her first national title when she was 11. True or false? 
True. Okay. So I won my first national title at 11, but I didn't start performing in musical theaters across the United States until I was on TV. Yeah. So there's a couple different shows that I tour with and, and still work in that are that. But yeah. I started dancing at nine years old. Um, and then, yeah, and then two years later, we won a national title, which was really cool. Um, Pretty sweet. How, how long after So You Think You Can Dance was, did you start at Dancing with the Stars? Uh, so You Think wrapped in August, and then we did our tour, and then the next season of dancing started in February. So you're like, okay, um, did you go home? Like, Yeah, so... you When did you move to L.A.? Yeah, so So You Think was June to August, end of August. The tour was, I believe we started uh, end of September till end of November. I went home for a month and then moved out to LA beginning of January. Got the call maybe three weeks after I moved out there and then started the show three weeks after that. So you had moved out already? Yeah. With the idea in mind that you were going to just... I had a feeling that I would be doing Dancing with Stars partly because I'd been hearing, you know, catching wind of Dancing with Stars, talking to So You Think You Dance, but I figured either way I wanted to be in LA and I'd be auditioning for different roles and stuff like that. So like when you're on tour with all those other dancers from So You Think You Can Dance, like you, are your guys' conversations like, oh, What's what, what are you do? doing? What are you doing? I don't know. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go like... Yeah. Who else was on that tour with you? Uh, Twitch... Comfort. So Courtney and Twitch Diana. is he? Is, what's he doing? Isn't he on like Ellen now or something? Uh huh. Yeah, he's like a big name. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually moved in when I first moved out to LA. I moved in with Katie Sheen, Comfort Fidoki, and Courtney Galliano, which were um, we were like the top four girls from that season. Not that that was like the reason we moved in together. We just all got along really well. Um, so we actually moved in together us four, and then I moved out shortly after that just because it was too far away from work. But yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, everyone kind of knew that, like, every, I think everyone from our season moved out. To and, L.A.? Uh-huh. And interestingly enough, our season has been one of the most, like, high ratio of working dancers that are, like, still working and doing awesome things today. So That's awesome. It's cool. We had a really good season. You won your first national battle when you were 11. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's a lot of time. How much training did you have when you were a kid? None. I, I took like one ballet class and I hated it and I well I grew up with five older brothers and so I was really interested in sports. You have five older brothers? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. How many nieces and nephews do you have? 13. Holy crap. I have 11. Yeah. So. I love no that. actually that's I have 10. I just. Okay don't lie. The 11th is on the way. Oh really? Yeah. So. I just got our 13th. That's She's <laughs> awesome. Um, so grew up with five older brothers, so I was really like into the idea of playing sports because I always wanted to be yeah. cool to my brothers. Um, hated dance, and I was really shy when I was little too. Yeah. So I started ballroom with two of my brothers, and and I loved it, but I didn't. So have your any brothers training. were all sports guys, like. Yeah. So, do you what think that, that you were like, like I gotta like, do, I gotta do something, along that competitive line, or was no, there just? No, it was just. It, there was an interest there because my brothers played sports and liked sports and so yeah i remember one easter my mom got me a dress and they got she got all five of my brothers a hockey stick and i was <laughs> in tears because i didn't get a hockey stick and i was so upset but i think it was more of this idea that i wanted to fit in with my brothers than it was about the actual idea that i wanted to play sports i just wanted to fit in and be cool and i wanted them to were they a protective cool. To be honest, like people ask me that a lot. Not really, um, but I think it was mostly because I could hold my own. Like I didn't feel like they. I don't know if any one of us felt like we needed to protect each other. Yeah. I don't know. I certainly didn't feel the need to protect you earlier today when we were on the bus, the crosstown <laughs> bus from the east right. side to the west side, and you were dancing on the bar. Yeah. Well, you could see these guns. Well, yeah. I was like, muscles. well, no. Obviously, she's a stripper. Everyone on the bus. It's fine. She's got <laughs> well, it. But you Nate does feel the, the need to protect me when we're out and about. He's like super. I do. Honestly. And I'm like, it. just let me be me. Yeah. For a six it. foot one, 200 pound guy, Gavin gets very vulnerable, you know. Like, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Gavin needs it, so that's understandable. I'm super <laughs> soft hearted. Did you ever feel out of place? Like, you know, when you're competing in these big things, like, what the freak am I doing here? And yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever just feel out of place through your journey? Um, no, I think because dance came so naturally to me once I figured it out, kind of. 
it took uh-huh. me like a month to really like figure it out. At first I was like really slow to learn the steps and it was all overwhelming for me. But once I once it clicked, I I felt like I was at home. I felt like for the first time in my life it was just it felt like where I was supposed to be kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I started, when I started competing on a national and world level when I was 14, there was definitely this like learning curve where I was being kind of thrown into the process of it. And that, that was a little bit of a learning curve. But other than that, I felt like ever since I found dance, I think I really felt like I found my thing and the thing that would define me in many ways and the thing that, um, that would shape me as a person. So. So what do you think? kind of going off that what do you think uh what things in life help prepare you for for that success like little things throughout your life what what are some things that stand out success meaning like when i moved to la yeah yeah like it's all like it's all steps right like i couldn't step onto a national stage without first going to my first competition and then winning a first title and in the the hours in the studio you know without like really learning how to push yourself and learning how to manage the pressure and learning how to and just learning like why what your why is what your purpose is why you want to succeed and i think that's a huge part of it is what's your drive because i think if you want it enough you can accomplish anything uh yeah i have a follow-up to that actually because when you were talking i actually Maybe something Gab and I could relate to a little bit. Um, and a question I would have, whenever I watch someone that's a dancer, mm-hmm. how much of like a great performance is mm-hmm. you're thinking about it while you're dancing? Mm-hmm. and th- Or how much is it you came in prepared and the rest is like muscle memory and you're like golden? Because like when I go yeah. play basketball, for instance, mm-hmm. um, like or if Gavin, Gavin played baseball, it's a very much a thinking sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basketball is very much a reaction sport Mm -hmm. so like i can have a good game just by being like having having practiced a ton Mm -hmm. put in the work and then sort of letting your athletic ability take over with the exception of certain like periods in a game where you've just got to be like super mentally focused Mm -hmm. or at the free throw line or baseball you know you've got to be like mentally like the whole time yeah baseball Mm -hmm. is so mental i remember the game before a championship i struck out five freaking times i remember one season i like strike out five times in like our conference and i struck out five times in the game mm. and it was 16 innings mm-hmm. and then the very next game uh it came up with a like a big hit and it was all in between my ears so it wasn't like yeah. too much muscle memory that changed from one day to the next it was all between my at least for baseball a lot of it's between your ears yeah so for dance i mean it's all about the preparation um there's definitely been performances where i'm like yeah i can wing this um, and sometimes it works out and other times it doesn't, but it's all about preparation. And I find if I'm overprepared, um, then I can walk in with the confidence that I want to walk in with. Um, when, when someone messes completely up, completely a feeling it's, it's yeah. so when you're in your head at all, you lose the coordination a little bit. And the more you're in your head, the uh, more coordination you lose. Got it. So it's completely about letting go. And I think the same is with sports and the same is with many things is once you can completely let go and trust, um, then you can truly find your potential and you can find your best performances in that. But that takes, even that letting go process takes practice pre-performance. So when people mess up, do you think, what what is the, like, what would you say is like the, the main cause mentally in the moment lack of preparation both it's both. either it can be both yeah i think have you ever had a bad one performance well no like just like a bad performance where you messed up really hard uh, or just mostly like falls and stuff it, yeah and like smaller shows on tv and do you typically just stand up and curse the your partner out yeah yeah <laughs> that's what, that's I, what I do it, i find that the best thing you should do is always blame somebody else yeah. So for everybody life. listening is like in life, I guess the moral of the story that Chelsea's getting at is if life doesn't go I'm the way you want. I'm not getting at this. <laughs> oh, what? No, well, let me finish the point and then you can tell me if you agree. <laughs> okay. If life's not going the way, you should always blame it on somebody else and not internalize it. Yes, I agree. Fully. <laughs> From her mouth to yeah. God's ears. <laughs> I don't agree with that. No, <laughs> well, um, you said it. I, did, I was just repeating what you said. <laughs> you were reading between we, the lines. We all were taking it. 
yeah. No, I think it's both. I think it falls both on lack of preparation. I think the minute you question yourself, the minute your brain tends to go, wait, do I know this? And then your body tends to question as well. Um, but if you commit to hardcore trusting that you know the choreography, if you commit to hardcore trusting that everything is going to work out, it always does. Never not, that's never not worked. And so for me, there's been times where I've had to learn choreography in 20 minutes and then perform it on national television. Oh. Um, and that wouldn't have, that wouldn't be possible if I didn't have like a hardcore trust in my ability. Mm. And that, even that trust takes practice. So you have to practice trusting, you have to practice trusting your body and the ability that you have been given. So speaking of trust and uh, vulnerability and commitment, mm. this question. <laughs> I like the oh. segue, where What was dating life like when you moved from Utah to LA mm. during your earlier 20s? What, what, how was that? Yeah, you're, you're um, basically a Mormon girl moving from Utah to L.A. right at the time where she'd be going to, like, YSAs, like, right at the time where like people college. are saying go get married or go, like, start dating. And yeah. You're spending those 10 years of your life or however long it was, like, yeah. in a completely different... I think I thought it was going to play out a lot differently than what it did. I was actually telling Nate earlier today that I think because I had always felt like I was on a path that I was kind of being led on, mm -hmm. um, that there would, that I would move out to LA and there would be this like perfect match for me. Right. Um, and it obviously that's not reality. That's not life. <laughs> like, life mm -hmm. doesn't work out like that. Um, there rarely ever is it just a perfect match. I mean, you make that person perfect in my opinion, Ooh, but, um, so I think there was, there was that point where I felt like there kind of would be this match, but I found myself a couple years into it, kind of not knowing where I stood socially because I would have this YSA friends that typically they were all like eight years older, you know, much older than me and in a much different place in life. And here I was 20, 21, you know, just but 21, it, were you but in able a very to like... adult world and in a very like different world. And so I found myself not really knowing where I kind of stood socially. Were you able to be like social? I mean, you're constantly working, right? So, or was yeah. there lots of time where you could like go to, um, to hang out with people on the beach or at the FHU Rarely, or at some, yeah. like, could you, could you do that stuff? Or, and did you find that you were easily accepted? Like... I've always, I've lived a very normal life. So it wasn't necessarily a matter of like, not knowing how to relate to people per se. It was just that my life that I was leading 80% of the time was so different. Um, and the kids my age were just starting school and just having real life experiences where, you know, since the time I was 18, I was thrown into this very adult, like working world. And so kids my age, I felt like I didn't, quite didn't quite match up in certain ways and then people that were much older than me it didn't quite match up in other ways because you know there was just a, a different anyways point is is it was it was interesting i think at first i found that it was a little bit easy it was normal and then the further i got into it the, the kind of weirder weirder it became and i didn't date for there was like a three year span where i really didn't date too much um, and partly because I was just so busy, I was felt like I was somewhat emotionally unavailable. Mm, I know the feeling, Gavin. You know that feeling? Or are you just like super in touch and <laughs> touching Gavin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's in touch with his, his so, feelings. Yeah, yeah, I would say from yeah. the time I was like twenty-one to twenty-four, I didn't date very much. Interesting. Which is like the time when everybody else in the like Mormon culture is getting like married. getting married. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah was... Do you feel like? Um, did you feel a, that sense of ah oh, missing out on something or no. the desire to at all like mm -hmm. or you were completely like I'm doing this thing and, No, I mean for me I felt like I was experiencing life and learning so much and having such so many experiences and just straight killing it and just too. straight straight killing the game slay so hard um, No, it, haters going to hate haters you know what I'm hate. saying <laughs> Um no, I didn't feel like that and but I think part of that is due to my upbringing and due to like the fact that my parents were divorced and so to me marriage wasn't something that i was like gotta do it i can't wait you when know? did your parents get divorced i was 16. oh so sort of later on was it yeah. a shock to you or did you see it coming i we pretty much knew they were getting divorced by the time i was 14. okay um 
And when I was 11, there was talk of that and it was very shocking. But over the course of time, as things played out, I think the divorce became somewhat like the least of our worries. And there were, not to get deep, but there was just other things that were. Yeah. Well, I mean, I come from a, fa- I come from a family divorce too. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's more, com- it's not, it's almost as common as than not now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And mine was a very unique circumstance, um, mm-hmm. not to get yeah. deep, but, yeah. and, and I know get like Gavin's parents are together, but the, you know, everybody has their issues it's, too. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, I think. Do you think that's shaped at all how you view making that commitment? Because I don't know about you, but I mean, the change, the wave of cult, the way the culture is mo- is moving now is people are waiting longer mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. But the statistics I, within like the Mormon community as well mm-hmm. are like, especially the men mm-hmm. are waiting a lot yeah. longer to make that jump. Yeah. And I think there's positive things that come out of that. I really think, and I believe that it's very subjective. I think there are totally. kids, there are people Every, who get married yeah. young and it works out really well for them. The only thing that I would say is like, I think there are a, a lot of our generation who's come from divorced parents who are a lot more cautious of making that jump because of that. And I've seen a lot of that. And I've seen a lot of people that are just like, we just want to experience life. And I think that's cool too. I'm not an advocate of saying you should wait because I've seen my brothers get married young and they're super happy. And there is something that's nice maybe about getting married young because you don't have so many qualifications and what you're looking for. Ignorance can be (laughs) such bliss. Yeah. I think of my friend Cam, Gavin, you know, like Cam Cutler. He got married right off the mission, met his wife in high school. They have three awesome kids. Yeah. Like my older sister got married at nineteen. Like same thing. Sure, and they're they in, and it's totally subjective. It totally yeah. depends on the people and your your willingness to commit to the relationship, right? Yeah, relationships. That's what this show is about. Yes. Even my situation. I mean, I got married pretty young, mm-hmm. and you know, I think you know, I came from a family that uh, you know my mom and dad are still together, very committed, and I was just kind of under the impression, all right two people commit you can make anything work and mm-hmm. things just don't work out how you you want them to or hope hope for yeah and so life has a way of throwing curveballs at you right and you just make the best of it yeah and i'm like in within the church i think there's a lot of people that i've heard that are like no they shouldn't preach get married so young and that's not really my my personal standpoint on it is just prepare yeah people to know who they are or prepare people to be committed to God. And then, you know, because it's not necessarily a matter of don't get married young. It's a matter of knowing who you are and being committed to God and being committed to um, making something work and having the maturity in a sense to do so. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people get selfish because for whatever reason, natural tendency to to be selfish, you know? So, but I know for me, um, it was a good thing for me. I've questioned that, like being older now, where I'm like, should I have just gotten married young? But well, I mean, I, all three of us are either in our late twenties or I'm thirty. Yeah, twenty-eight. Um, and so, I mean, obviously, we—I don't know that any of us would say we're relationship experts, but there is some. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value just to experience, like who I would, because I've been engaged before. Really? Yeah, I and I, I almost got married like five years ago and um who i am now versus who i was then just mm-hmm. in terms of uh perspective maturity mm-hmm. life experience mm-hmm. what i value in like a partner versus what i would have at that time has definitely changed a lot yeah um at the same time though it, you know some of the we were talking about this earlier sometimes the more you experience the more confused you get about what you want what you want and totally but i think the fo- as long as the focus is like oh this is who i should be to attract who i want mm-hmm. like maybe mm-hmm. that's you know that's probably more the answer than oh hey this person had yeah. this but this person had this right well and my experience is you know obviously different i got married young and then i changed and learned a bunch i think i mean through my experience i became a, a lot better person through that mm-hmm. and but it didn't work out but i still feel like i um, I'm a lot better off for it and I'm a lot better bought because of it and I don't sometimes I'm like man maybe I like I sometimes think oh I regret it but I'm like no mm-hmm. I don't regret it because the person I am today is because of all the different totally. experiences that I've had and, and that was one of them 
Yeah, and I think that's just life. Like, I think it's it's real to go through hard things. It's real to go through those experiences and relationships that don't work out because that's reality. Like, nothing, obviously, I don't know, I guess just to validate where you're coming from, Gaff. Like, I think those experiences are what shape us and make us so much better, you know? I One totally of the things do. I like about where Gavin comes from, though, is he never experienced this whole... Uh, phenomena of like the mini relationships that are dating nowadays because of the speed of technology and like dating apps and like all of that stuff he he's like jumping back into the dating pool with the perspective of oh i should date to get married mm-hmm. or i should date because i like a person yeah and not this whole like i have six people that i'm talking to and um you know when yeah when one of them goes away there's someone that can feel that whole right. because i feel like that's what happens now and people yeah. are completely okay with having like these mini two to three week long like you were in my life for a little while I enjoyed what we I read an article like in New York it's really becoming and people are just becoming okay with the fact that maybe they don't ever settle down um or and and get married but they just you know the new normal because of how many fish there are in the sea is to have these like mini relationships and how meaningful can they be in a short amount of time and it's so scary but yeah. it is true. Well, and I think there's like always this kind of high that you experience at the beginning of a relationship, right? There's yeah. this excitement. And and I think people do get very attached or addicted to that feeling of this high. And mm-hmm. and that can be a very dangerous place, I think, to be in. Especially if you never move past it. Like if you never mm-hmm. experience, hey, we've been together for six months, we've been together for a year. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, real commitment. The whole limerence, the whole like... Um, like the whole butterflies in our stomach mm-hmm. uh, has sort of worn off, but we're still like, I just really care about this person type of yeah. scenario. Yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't probably gotten to that stage in like three years. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, yeah. it's a, it takes a while to get there. Sorry, Gavin, yeah. jump in, man. Oh, my bad. I, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day and because I, I dated a little before I got married and you know, different girls and, and I just, he was a player. Yeah. I've heard no, I wasn't yeah. mate. No, 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 not that, not in that sense, but Wink. Well, I, I mean, you can't see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Chelsea like yeah. the way I'm looking at Chelsea right now about yeah. your, day, your game back then. We know about Gavin that. had this whole. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but he knew what he was. Yeah, doing. I'm reading between the lines there, Gav. <laughs> he, uh, he was really feeling it. You will. Um, but uh, this was before I, he met his I, wife. But I, I'm just. I, yeah. I just felt like when I was dating, it was like obviously, you would show him your best self, you know, and it was all this. It was exciting and all that, and now I'm more like when I'm dating, it's kind of here's what i'm good at and here's what i'm really bad at it's more of like uh let's be realistic you know and and because i know more about myself i know what i'm good at i know what i'm bad at Mm -hmm. but i'm aware of what i'm bad at because i'd like to get better at those things and Mm -hmm. my dating perspective is totally different like how is this going to function how are we going to work together like i want to experience hard things with them and experience Mm -hmm. struggles because i want to see how they react Mm -hmm. you know so it's totally mindset's totally changed and i think that's so cool and i think that is one positive that comes with being older and more mature is that i think for the most part i think as you grow older you're more willing to look at you know your weaknesses and you're more willing to look at okay this is what i need to work on and to really know if it's going to work with someone you need to really be upfront and honest Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think when you're younger, it's just like, it's so fun to like live in the fantasy in a little bit, you know, in, in a certain mm-hmm. way. And it's so fun to, to kind of have this idea of like this perfection in the other person. Well, I, ha- I, I always had this like sense of, I need to create, I need to become someone that I can sell to someone else mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of like, this is just who I am. Like mm-hmm. my whole day, like, and it took me so long to get to, to change that. It's yeah. like, I want this person to like me. What do I need? To, so yeah. dating for me was even less about who that other person was than what version of me will this person like? Right. And I'll sell that yeah. to them. And then okay. once they once they buy into that, uh-huh. then you have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, wait, do I like this person? Because mm-hmm. I was just this whole time like trying to make sure that they liked me. And then you get there and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I like this person. Or you do. But right. like I had run into that so many times. And that was, yeah. I think, my... like. I bet a lot of people, especially when you're young, mm-hmm. um, run into that. Whereas Gavin, like what you were saying is like, you're just who you are. And then you're thinking about, will I, am I compatible with this person? Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. it's taken me a long time to be like, okay, I'm actually okay with my flaws and who I am. And like, mm-hmm. when I meet somebody, I'm not always just like, I want them to like me or, or want me. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be this 
entertaining. I'm like always on. Do I, I always had to yeah. be on, on, on so that they, they could see some version of me that they would like. But you always were Nate. It's you inauthentic. Mm-hmm. It can be very inauthentic. And For even sure. it, yeah. and then you go, you know, and even if it works, because I, you're thinking about yourself if you do that. You're not mm-hmm. th- even thinking about yeah. the other person. Yeah. Even though you see them, you're like, I could like them. So here I go. Yeah. I'm going to try and make them like me. Absolutely. It's almost yeah. like you're like, when you explain like that, like it was a task that you had to like, I don't know. You had to, you had to win them over. It was like almost kind of like a game. Like, oh, yeah. and once I get, do I like them? You yeah. know, mm-hmm. like the dating game. That's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's easy. I remember feeling the same way, where it was always just like put my strengths forward, hide my mm-hmm. weaknesses at all costs. <laughs> well, I would love you to know, know from and... a female perspective too. Like, yeah, because um, from a guy's perspective, like we're competing with other men. Uh, you know, so that was always my like. It was a subconscious. I was. I never had conscious thoughts, but when I when I sort of look back, it's always kind of been like, um, you know, there's all these. We're all we're all sort of like lions hunting after the same females, mm-hmm. you know. Especially if you're if you're let's say Mormon and you want to marry someone that's Mormon, it's it's a particularly okay. small pool of people. Yeah. Um, but from a female's perspective, like, um, what is the inverse of that? I think the sort females the are. Uh, and this is like, I come from a very different, you have to understand, I come from a very different perspective because I didn't go to college. And I but it is female, right? You are a female? Uh, yes. Well, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like my Mormon culture of like dating has been very different. Um, but from what I've seen, I feel like the females are just as competitive as the males. Um, and I see a lot of really forward girls where that was never me and that was never, so I don't know. I think the females, I think females are in many ways just as competitive as the males in the church because there is that competition of finding a mate at, by the time you're 24. And if you're past 24, there is the stigma around it that it's like, well, what's wrong with this person? Because they're not married yet. And I think that's a hard I think in in everyone's, you know, in defense of everyone, I think that's a, a very hard stigma to live with. I think, you know, to to have to feel like there is that judgment upon you when you're older and in the church, especially living in Utah. I never felt it until I moved back to Utah. I think that is hard. And so I think, you know, I think the competitiveness does, it's understandable to an extent because the culture is so strong. I think too, from what I've heard from some of my female friends, just to add on to that is like a lot of, you know, as a guy, I felt that really hard, like at 25, 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And you get past that point where you've been sort of too old for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get over it. <laughs> my, my, and mine's like totally different. I was married for like five years and then get to the, and it was, it was things were, were not the best the last two years. And then we're trying to work on things and I was committed to the end. And then, you know, it was basically like, you know, um, we, we ended up getting divorced and that's like, Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. like thrown back in this world of like, well, now what do I do? Yeah, I just spent I, the last like five years, like living in this world. Right. And now I'm just like kind of forced to be thrown into to this dating world. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> and it's interesting. Cause I feel like people in your scenario don't feel the same pressure that I think people who are 27 and never married do feel yeah do you think that do you think so I just feel like like most of the divorcees that I'm good friends with are like not looking to rush into anything yeah you know um I don't want to rush into anything because obviously going through that is the most painful thing that I've ever been through Mm. and so it's like well I want to like not have that happen ever again yeah. So I'm I'm at a, I'm like I'm kind of at like a well I really want kids like more than anything in this world but I also need a woman for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well I guess you don't you can adopt <laughs> but <laughs> what was, I would like to have. What was the shirt like the T-shirt we were talking about making today for adopting what? Chelsea? I adoption is a great option. Adoption <laughs> well, is for all you spinsters <laughs> out there. Adoption is a very good option. <laughs> adoption is a very good option. The T-shirt. Well my uh, my mom's adopted so I'm all about it. We have, a, we have a little segment called Gav's Got Some Questions. And basically Gav's this is some... Gav's Got Questions. Gav's Got Questions. So this is where okay, Gavin okay. rapid fire says about five or six, seven, has many questions as he has okay. um, to you right in a row. A hundred. And okay. you, you just hurry and answer them or I answer them for you. I love rapid fire. And you might not like my answers based on how I answered for you earlier in the show. So. All right. I, are you ready? Yes. Is Chelsea's ready? Sorry. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. First yeah, thing. first thing that yeah, fiddle with your mic. Get it ready. I'm ready. 
a little nervous, but I'm mostly ready. As you should be, because <laughs> I came up with these questions and sometimes they're ridiculous. Um, okay, ready? Yes. So normally, what do you eat every day? Uh, first thing that came to my mind is cereal, but I don't eat cereal. I eat a lot of protein bars, um, oatmeal and chicken salads, and then I go through spouts of time where I eat fast food, like a lot of Taco Bell. If you could be any Teletubby, which one would you be? Purple. And why? Purple one. I don't know because I remember it's the first thing that came to my mind. It's the gay one, right? It's the gay one. That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's right. Uh, I'm not discriminatory. That's fantastic. Our that gay sad. audience loves that. <laughs> we have a very big gay audience, just so you know. I love it. Um, if you were stuck on an island, what's one thing you'd take? My, uh, this is going to sound terrible, but my phone. <laughs> because it has my music, music. on it. I knew I you were going to say that. Oh, music. yeah. Music. I would die without it. I um, would, but. How many people? How many people are you dating? Whoa, really? <laughs> Two. Okay. Who's so, been your favorite be dance partner, and your boy or girl? Um, of all time. Yes. I <laughs> uh, I would say Ty Murray on Dance of the Stars and. Ty Murray. Ooh, not Michael Bolton. Was that the rodeo I'm, I'm not... guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, our straight audience loves that one. I love it. <laughs> we have I a huge have straight Michael audience. Bolton, that was my favorite one. That did, yeah. Okay. Michael Bolton, great singer. Not so good of a dancer, I can only imagine. <laughs> I like him. Not mentioning anything. I'm gonna watch some reruns. Great singer. Okay, next question. Uh, what's your can biggest? Can we really rapid fire this? I yeah, hate, be quicker. I oh, sorry, I keep interrupting. Well, you keep interrupting. Ah, seriously, Nate. We'll speed it up uh, after up, post. What's edit. your biggest? Pa- uh, book book paper. I hate book paper. The t- the feel of it across my thumbs is just what? it's the worst. And I also <laughs> hate people who lie to make themselves sound cooler. Oh yeah, I hate those one. people. Favorite dance move. Um, the cucaracha, but it's not. That was just the first thing that came to my mind. Probably the sliding door in rumba. Okay. Uh, this, <laughs> when you go to the bathroom, are you a crumpler or a folder? After the hell? You're making me swear. Paper. Really? A folder. Yeah. Uh, you're the, that's false. Yeah. The correct answer is crumpler. Yeah. <laughs> the correct I don't like answer. that question. No, Move on. None of the above. Um, okay. <laughs> Favorite Netflix series to binge watch? Uh, Girl Boss. It was my most recent. Our female oh, okay. audience is going to love that one. Yeah. We have a huge female Wait. audience. <laughs> this is rapid fire. Sorry. They keep interrupting. Honestly. I'll edit all my uh, parts out. I just want to be a part of this. I know they're boring. <laughs> okay. Like, Go ahead. Um, Go ahead, guys. Okay. One piece of advice that you would give any young boy or girl looking to be the next big thing in dance, what would it be? Uh, know who you are and know your purpose. Love it. The end. Boom. Son. I don't know if that was rapid fire. That was awesome. Wasn't Good really. questions, Gavin. I ruined <laughs> the segment. Like I'll all, do better next time. All freaking week about it. It was on my mind all the time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Great questions. Good it. answers. You. It, it sounds like you've been interviewed before. <laughs> Couple times. <laughs> I don't know why, Couple but. Times. I Only for we, about ten years. I thought now. we were the first. All right. Well, then we're gonna. We have a couple more things before we get you out of here. Um, this is one of my favorite segments that we like to do. It's called Fan Questions. Oh, fun. We've pulled some people. They always send us the interesting questions for the show. Great. Um, our Peculiar People mailbox is full with Chelsea Hightower questions. Cool. So, um, Gav, do you want to read the first one or do you want me to? Um, we'll just do like way. three or four. Um, either way, whatever you want. All right, I'll go first. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Daryl from Manti, Utah writes... What kind of skincare regime do you use? Wow. I think he tried to say regimen, but spelled it. Oh, yeah, regime. <laughs> uh, kind of a, a different meaning. But um, I do, so I wash my face every night. Typically, I'll switch back and forth between exfoliating um, and washing with a bar of soap. I use retinol on my face, a retinol gel on my face every night mario badescu drying lotion and mario badescu uh just lotion so drying lotion is for like spot and then just the lotion um and yeah so yeah kids wash your face <laughs> great question wow i love that one thanks daryl <laughs> thanks daryl daryl from manti daryl we always appreciate your questions daryl thank you for that all right, all right. this next one is uh from Dr. Jameson, and he's mm-hmm. from Sugar House. Great. He writes, Hey, Chelsea, just letting you know that your prescriptions for hemorrhoid cream oh, has gosh. arrived, <laughs> and you can pick it up any, t- any time between 8 and 4. That, that doesn't really sound like a uh, 
question. He didn't really have a question. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's just letting you know. Dr. Jameson. Do we know a last, do we have a last name? I don't know. Uh, that sounds like. Just Dr. Jameson. I don't know. Uh, how did we let oh, Dr. Guys. Jameson in to the <laughs> inbox? We got to screen these better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, that was the first one that came up. <laughs> All right. Um, this one is from a Grayson Rudward. Rudward. Grayson Rudward writes. Um, yes. Hey, Chelsea, can you explain to us what you do in the gym to get dem booty gains? Oh, there's about seven Zs. Wow, Ooh. dem booty gains. Um, oh, wow. Just a lot of, like, mental exercises that just really focusing on just one area. And I believe, you know, if you can really focus and mentally hone into one area, things just mental happen. Mental booty gains. Yeah. Well, I think I know who Grayson, uh, what was it? His name is Grayson Rudeward. Rudeward. Prudeward? Prudeward. Yeah. Grayson Prudeward. And then he has, he actually said a follow-up. Also, could you please post these exercises on your Instagram story? Yeah. I think I know who this is. It sounds kind of like a creep. like a guy named, a guy I know named Jason Woodward. No. No, never. Never That's probably a coincidence. A lot of, weights, a lot of weights. Thanks, Jason, for that. I mean, Grayson. Grayson my apologies. Some of the questions these people have. <laughs> Do anything else? Um, Gavin, you um, have any more? Yeah, there's there's one more here. Um, so it says uh, you're you're dating two guys right now, and neither one knows about the other one. So oh, let's bring out our special guests, Trevor and Jed. Trevor. <laughs> Are those their real names? <laughs> we can we can edit that out. <laughs> Oh, good. Then let's talk about them. Layoffs of what their actual names are. Which which one do you like more currently, Trevor or Jed? Let's not say any names, but what are their names? I'm not saying their names. Why are you why are you blushing? I don't see you. All right. Um doesn't sound like we're gonna get an answer to that. Well what answer do you want? Which one do I like more? You just like the truth. That's There's all. There's one I see a future with, and one that I'm more emotional over, but I don't think I see. Who can a hit with. a baseball farther? TBC. This is to be continued when she comes back. Some good dirt. Yeah, I I got some info on this. Yeah. Um, but when Chelsea comes back the next time she's on the show, I have a feeling we'll we'll know. We'll know. You'll know. Yeah. Next time. I'll be excited. Oh yeah! Yeah! DJ Trevor. Okay. All right, so I have one more here. I like Gavin, that's more, that's hilarious. You like who more? Jed. He's just more my side. Just because know. he likes that name. Do you know or... both of them? After... This is from a man named um, Howie Doing. <laughs> These are from not comes real names. To... Yes, this... Howie Doing, D-E-W-I-N-G. He lives in um, Indianapolis, Indiana. Love that place. All which right. is not even in Utah. This is how far our fan base spreads. We read. So I love far. it. We're, we're trying to get New Zealand and Australia tour going. It's honestly on its way. It's going to okay, happen go soon. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, in the, it's in the works. Yeah. But. Oh, All right. Question. So the question is. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Marry one, one, and kill one. Um, so marry one, kiss one, one and Oh, you can't one. see me mouthing the F word? Oh, this is a, we want this to be an appropriate podcast. It is. That's why I mouthed it and didn't say it. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I can't wait for this podcast to end. Um, Marry one, one and kill one. Oh, my gosh. Um, Tim Tebow, Ryan Gosling, and Will Smith. Kill Will. Son Jaden. Wow. Kill Jaden because he is a... He's it's inappropriate. He is not within my age range. Wow, well, um, that's a little ageist. But obviously, okay. uh, kiss Ryan Gosling because he's hot, oh, and marry Tim Tebow because he seems like he's the most marriage material of the three. All right, Gavin, what about you? Kill Tim Tebow because he's the most uh, marriage material. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't kill Tim Tebow. I would feel so bad. He's a saint. I would Same. marry Tim Tebow. Same. I'd marry Tim Tebow. I would probably kill Will Smith. I would definitely. Wait, I, so does that mean you're oh, you're such Ryan a Gosling pedophile? I knew this. We talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. All right, but I, that's all right. I hate kids, so if like that, Jaden comes along with it, kills Will Smith. How old and is then, this kid? I thought he was of age. I think Brian Gosling is way hot too, so I would definitely kiss him. But then I'd okay, want to marry yeah, him. I'd like to wake up to that face every single day. That would be amazing. Yeah, it would. I mean, you copied me, but it's fine. Yeah, and then I felt bad because I was like, no. All right, no. just so you guys know, like, Jaden Smith is 19 years old, so. No, not a Interested, Mary. Gavin, you want to change your I answer? I can trick him. He's only 19. I can, I can trick, trick him. him. 
is younger than uh, me. Well, there you go. He was really good in the pursuit of happiness, though. Yeah, was. All right, so we have one last thing, and then we're going to be done. Okay. And so we've grilled you with rapid fire, and we've allowed the fans to voice their opinions and their questions for you, Chelsea, but now it's time um, to turn the tides a little bit. Oh. Kevin and I end every episode of Peculiar People with... Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Hot seat. I love hot seat. So the way we play it, I don't know how you play it. This is literally my favorite game. Okay. <laughs> well, Gavin and I are each going to ask you a really personal question. Okay. Like super personal. Okay. Like dope. Personal. All right. Cool. Like look at me, so personal. Okay. And you you can you have to answer one. You don't have to answer both, but you could. Okay. But you can't pass twice. You can only pass once. Okay. And then after that, you can flip it on us. You can ask us one. This is so fun. Okay. Okay, let's do it. All right. I had three weeks to prepare for this, and I did nothing. <laughs> and I did nothing. So you want to go first? Do I want to go first? Yeah. Heck no. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, go. All right, so God reveals himself to you tomorrow, comes down wow. into your bedroom while you're sleeping, oh my and it's like, just sits at the edge of your bed, and it's like, hey, it's me, God. Hey, man. Okay. I'm about to head back up to heaven, but before I go, I'm going to give you one question. Okay. I'll give you the truth, the answer, no doubt about it, but you only get one. All right. What question do you ask him? Or her. I don't know. Could be female God. Um, yeah, could honestly, be heavenly mother. I would probably... <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Real answer? Yeah, just like the... Seriously, like what is the thing that you are really, really truly curious about that you honestly, don't know the answer to about one of life's big questions? I mean, you can make it jokey or you can be serious with it, but... I don't want to joke about God. Yeah. Um, I'd probably, to be honest, I'd probably want to know, like, if he is just proud of the decisions I've made. Interesting. I'd want to know, yeah. Like, you want to, you want to, you want a quarter life assessment? Yeah. Of whether or not you're, re- you're heaven worthy at that point? Yeah, like, I don't need to know deep doctrine. That's not my thing. No? It's interesting, but it's not my thing. I'm more interested in, you know, this, my own progression. I'd want to know if he's proud of me and what I could work on. But probably just if one question I'd just say, I'd probably find some way to ask that. That's a good question. I don't have a response to that. That's a great question. Yeah. Mm. I like um, that answer. Okay, but you guys get the same question. No. We let go. No, uh, oh. You don't make the rules on this show. Well, you just told me I could t- flip it on you. Okay, Gavin. After go. Gavin goes. What am I? Am I? Oh, I'm asking this. Mm-hmm. Next one. Yep. Hmm. I have a couple, but I'm, I'm going to limit it down. Okay, good. Uh, I don't know which one. One's pretty vague, but I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. So, for you, Chelsea, what is what is true happiness to you? Oof. Learning through progression and um, working through weaknesses and overcoming challenges. Awesome. That's kind of vague, but I just really wanted to hear what you had to say on that. No, that's not. I think that's very actually very pointed. Thank you. Good question. Both of you. Great questions. Well, thanks. We're pros, so yeah. obviously. And I would say, like <laughs> no, adding to yeah. that, like, but if, but I, I have to go spiritual a little bit, can I? Of course. Yeah. So adding well, to that, encouraged like, without. Well, are you answering first, Nate, than me, or how are we? Are we both answering? Well, no, she's no, answering. This is, this is me. This is me adding <laughs> oh, to. Oh, who cares about I us? Who cares <laughs> about? <laughs> uh, that's fine, Chelsea. You've had your time. Back <laughs> to us. Back, back to. <laughs> back I to feel us. like I have to add on to like true happiness. Yes, it's those things, but it's not those things without atonement and without God. Mm. And so working through weaknesses through the atonement to come closer to God is what I would say true happiness is or what I've experienced in my life. Okay, questions for you guys. And like overcoming challenges and learning through challenges and life's hard times. As I would put it, hashtag learn from it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Adoption is a very good option. We have so many good t-shirt ideas. (laughs) I think we're going to get some great merch out of Honestly, this episode. Merch. This podcast is awesome. <laughs> um, do I get asked you guys questions? How does this go? Yes, you can ask us one, yeah. They don't well, have to be the same question, but... Honestly, I want to hear what you both say for this same question that Nate asked. If you were to ask Heavenly Father one question, what would it be? I don't know. Gav, you go first, because I've... I've um, Why me? Ugh, just kidding. Come on, um, Gav. What would I ask him? Yeah. Oh, man. Why? <laughs> no. You just say, why me? Why? <laughs> That's actually a great no. question, to be uh, honest. I think it's a question. You know what? I, okay, this may not be answering it. I would, like, I, I was picturing my mind if God was in front of me, if I wanted to ask him anything. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I would, like, I can't think of a specific thing. I think I would just 
like I would love to just like talk with him and just be like you know ask him a bunch of different things but like just talk with him just like normal and I was thinking about that when you said that like I just like to talk to him and I'm like you know what's silly like and I'm gonna get a little religious is like we can do that you know if you, if you believe in prayer you can talk with God and I'm like I suck at saying prayers though and I'm like but that would be so cool if God were, like, was right in front of me and we could just, like, talk. That would be so cool. And I'm like, well, we kind of can if we, you know, through prayer. Hmm. And I'm like, well, why don't I pray? It's like, well, because I'm stupid. That's why. Anyway, that just kind of, that kind of sparked that thought when you asked that question, which is kind of random. And I don't know if that even answered your question. That's but cool. that's what I thought of. Yeah. I like that. Nathaniel? Um, my my answer, so I, I was on, I asked this question. I came up with this question one time playing hot seat. I thought it was so clever because I wanted to see how many people I asked this would say, is the church true? Mm. Mm. Interesting. Because at, cool. at that time in my life, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I, mm. I didn't, I wanted to see how many people were honestly, but I believe now that I do know not mm. to get too spiritual as well. Mm-hmm. So that's not my question anymore mm-hmm. because faith is really not my strong suit. It's never been. I'm such a process and logic person, mm-hmm. very pragmatic about most things. Mm-hmm. I can do hard things, and but I but like not like I always wanted to know. I always have to be like if, if we got a new revelation or any covenant I make, like what's the why behind it? What's mm-hmm. the why behind <laughs> the word of wisdom? What's the why behind you know, premarital sex? All of that stuff. Yeah. So um, that was my question, mm-hmm. but it's not my question anymore. Now I would want to know, okay, I believe 100% on the plan of happiness, the atonement, all that stuff that many Mormon people believe. And that there's a lot of truth outside of just the Mormon church too. Mm-hmm. Right. So my question would be like, um, I'm seeing more and more, like my dad left my family because uh, he's gay and I, I, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like living in New York, there's a lot of gay members of our YSA that come to church mm-hmm. and stuff, like have um, boyfriends. And then there's this whole issue with the new revelation on, or the new, um, I guess, policy mm-hmm. on um, gays in the church mm-hmm. and a lot of history with that. So my question would be like, what is, what is the purpose or what is, the purpose for people with that trial if it if it is meant to be like seen as a, a lot of people see it as a trial mm. or you know like where mm. does where does a gay person fit into the church mm-hmm. would be my question because i think that's a hard question and i don't want to open up a can of worms um yeah. because you know we're like to the end of the, the show yeah. but it, that's something because it's so close to home but it's so close to everybody i feel like because yeah, everybody either right. has a family member um or something and you know that because as a man like I've been attracted to girls since I was six years old. So, mm-hmm. and it's my libido and my desire to have a family has driven so many of my decisions as I've got, you know, as I've grown up. That if I was attracted to the same sex, like I don't know how I would deal yeah. with that. Yeah, that's like this is yeah one of the first times that I think I've been completely stumped on what, even what to say on that. I yeah, I, I, that's I, why I would I, ask I, that I, question I, because right? we don't I have the answer, the right? Right. Yeah. And it is such a it is a hard taboo. Thing. But I think. If you could, if I could put an answer to it, that we all experience our own cross to bear in this life. We all have, I deal with incredible amounts of anxiety, have dealt with incredible amounts of anxiety that have made my life brilliant and and miserable on both ends of the spectrum. Um, And why I say, as I come to overcome my weaknesses through God and through the atonement, that that's how I've experienced true happiness. Um, And I know that to be true. And I I do believe that we have weaknesses to that. We can't experience that happiness. Any thoughts, Gav? Yeah, I think trials are specific to us. I went through, I think we each have our own, like, and I think if we turn to the Lord, I think he can help us for anything. And I don't know what other people's trials are i only know mine they'll never pretend to know but i do know yeah the lord's always there if you if you extend a hand because his hand's always extended mm-hmm. through my through my personal experience i know that he's always there okay. boom you just got deep again this has been pretty <laughs> deep this podcast um all right well freak any final thoughts from you guys before we get out of here chelsea thanks so much for coming on the show it's been a real pleasure 
Like, you're a horrible person, but a great podcast guest. Honestly, it's the only place I shine. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me this opportunity. Yeah, yeah. To just show only the good sides. Mm-hmm. So. We, went, we went pretty easy on you, yeah. to be honest. That's Thanks to Chelsea Hightower for being on the show. This has been Peculiar People. I'm Nate Jones. I'm, G- I'm Gavin Johnson, a.k.a. Gaiman. Peace.